We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the True Faith Weekly Radio Show. Um, it's a quiet one this week. It's just uh, me, Simon, and Bolland. Hi, Bolland. Hello, hello, Simon. So if you were looking forward to some well-informed, uh, well-researched, <laughs> uh, and coherent football chat, you've probably tuned in on the wrong, <laughs> the wrong day. Um, so as a result, we've been putting a shout out on Twitter this afternoon for, for any help and coming up with some, some stuff to talk about, essentially. Um, and quite a few have been in touch, so we've got quite a few talking points to, to come up with. Um, any announcements this week? There's not Newcastle haven't played, that's the thing. Yeah. There's not much to talk about. <laughs> well, we beat uh, Leo Strum. There you go. Yeah. Friend, friendly last week. 2-1. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I suppose that's a talking point we'll, we'll come out to in a minute. The uh, the old trip to Spain. Um, business trip, as, as they'll call it. <laughs> um, all expenses paid, etc. Um what else have we got? Um, should we do Dodsey's announcement? or Can we do Dodsey's announcement? I don't is it, know. Is it official? Are we going to embarrass ourselves? <laughs> I, um, think probably, I think probably leave it, since we don't know okay. whether we're supposed B- to talk big, about it. Big announcement coming next week. We'll let, we'll let Dogger break the news when he's back. Yeah. He's, uh, it's his news as well. Yeah, so. It is his, <laughs> <laughs> it's his news. Um, yeah. We're not gossips. Um, well, is, is that what you call we? it? I, I don't, don't know. know. So, yeah, as I said well-informed football chat you should probably have tuned out already if that's what you're <laughs> after but um here we go um we'll, we'll keep an eye on twitter as we go but there's two of us so bear with us um if we don't quite get around all the tweets um basically there's been quite a few mentions this week bolland we'll start off um about the trip to spain and whether it's there's any point in it is there anything to be gained from it or is it just literally a holiday for the lads so lots of people have kicked off about this this week but I- I personally, it doesn't really bother me. Like, we've not, we haven't had a game for 18 days, or we're not going to have had a game for 18 days by Stoke. 
like what difference does it make if they're in Spain training or they're here training like at least if they go to Spain they're all stuck together like they can't get away yeah. hopefully that'll work in a positive way and much similar to when Hewton took them all to Ireland before the championship season hopefully they can build up some sort of camaraderie and uh, that can be positive for them it also means that we've got a game against you know a fairly competitive size I know Lielström are in their pre-season at the minute but um, you know, I think they're champions of Norway so it's a decent game for us to play gets the lads out running about so <laughs> gets the lads out of the house yeah <laughs> to be fair I agree with that in the, in the sense that um, if they weren't going to Spain and alright they're probably not playing football the whole time but what what it's got to be better than just 18 days or whatever it was just at Benton training every day with McLaren's wispy hair blown around in the wind like just a change of scenery, bit of warm weather. Can't do anyone any harm. Everyone's doing it. Sunderland went out to Dubai. Norwich have gone uh, south of Europe somewhere. Anyone who hasn't had a game for the last two weeks has also done the same thing. So it's not like it's yeah. not like we're doing anything out of the ordinary. Like, people have sort of been kicking off saying it's a holiday for them, but you, what you have to remember is these are footballers, and they basically only work as like nine till ten. Like they do like an hour's training, maybe two hours training a day, yeah. and then they don't do anything. <laughs> so it doesn't make that much difference if they're sat on a beach in Spain or. Sat in Costa Coffee in Jesmond, do you know? Yeah, I think that's yeah. different. Agreed. And uh, I'd, I'd, yeah, team spirit, as you mentioned, can only get better than what it has appeared to be recently. Yeah, and especially for people like Shelby and Townsend, you know, gives them a good opportunity to bond with the rest of the squad. <laughs> um, down yeah. it, down <laughs> it. <laughs> but I think they like to sing songs, don't they? That's what they do. Initiations and that. So, yeah. <laughs> practice their ca- practice their ca- practice their karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, we've got no problems with um with the Spain trip. If you have got a problem, feel free to tweet it in. Please get we in can, touch. We can I'm discuss. sure Dodds, you would have an alternate view. <laughs> Maybe not. We, we mm-hmm. tend to to put us in our place whenever we have an opinion about anything. Yeah, hey, Doggy, listening. <laughs> hard. Um, yeah. Fair enough. That that's the Spain trip done. Really, it's not it's not that big a deal to me. As as he said, I've I've probably enjoyed the fact that there's been nothing to report on with Newcastle the last. It's been one of the happiest two weeks <laughs> in recent memory, just because there's there's been not to talk about. There's been out the country. Um, we've had no games or no defeats. It's been quite a happy time. Just been watching European football, well, watching other teams play, <laughs> and enjoying it. Well, we did play. We did, like I say, we played the Ostrom, and we won. So that's that's not yeah. And we won away from home. So <laughs> um, things are things are on the up. Yeah, well, I've heard that uh, the Britannia's just like playing in Spain. <laughs> well, Stoke Alona, so yeah, more or less true. the same. Wijnaldum scored as well away from home. Positives. Yeah. Oos- oozing positivity tonight. So yeah, we we don't care. Is is it? It's the general consensus, though, isn't it? Yeah, pretty um, much. Next, um, Bolland. Did you want to talk about Newcastle's academy? Because this was basically this is Mickey's um, this is Mickey's running order from last week when we got locked out of the radio studio. So we're trying to go back to some of the stuff we we're going to talk about. Um, well, had you down to talk about the academy? Feel free to move us <laughs> on. If you well, I, can, I haven't, I have, can't quite remember what my point was from last week. I wrote it all down, but. Unfortunately, that piece of paper no longer exists. Um, it was more sort of over the <laughs> in the age of smartphones and internet. <laughs> Bolland had it down on paper. I work in IT as well, but it's important. <laughs> um, so my sort of thoughts were on it is that we don't really produce anyone in the academy that goes on to do anything better or really stays in the Premier League. I think Andy Carroll's the only one that I could think of last week that sort of gone on and sort of made it a name for himself despite never playing football and then you look at the likes of Peter Ramage 
He's not really done much. I think he might be. Around. Yeah, Stephen Taylor is the only one who's really stayed. Dummett sort of come through, but he's not any good either. Um, the, Col- the Caldwells did a bit of a, a tour of a, a tour of Britain. Yeah, I, I, I agree, though. In, in the last ten years, ten fifteen years, you could count on on your fingers how many Newcastle players have like made it made yeah. it big, as you might call it. Yeah. Um, if you look at because there was sort of under Pardew, that was that group of players that we offered like five year contracts, which was I think, like Vukic, Ferguson, Sammy, Ranger, Ranger. Oh yeah, yeah. Wonder what he's up to these days. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I said, yeah, a load of teenagers. Well, let's see if we can build a bit of a, a you know, a team, yeah, a, a core group of players, and do and <laughs> do uh, a, do a class of ninety two <laughs> under Pardew. Yeah, and it sort of sort of comes back to the, the problems that we've had at left back recently. Is that the club obviously don't feel that there's anyone strong enough in that academy now either that can step up to the first team. So if you compare us with people like Southampton, uh, who've obviously built up a really great reputation and deservedly so for bringing through young players like the likes of Lallana, Ward-Prowse yeah, yeah. um, etc and even Everton this year like Browning I know um, he possibly might not make it but you know he's in the first team at the minute or in and around the first team at least Stones is another one um, correct me if I'm wrong but I think he came through their academy as well so it's just sort of interesting to look at the, just the total lack of players that we bring through one thing I would say on the other side of that is that you look at Aaron's and Armstrong, they could be the two that actually go on and look like they could have promising careers. But Yeah, Armstrong's obviously a, a, a big one to keep an eye on, just the amount of goals he's been banging in um, in, in League One. If you, can, if you can bring that up... It's, I th- the thing is, it's a stature. We often bring through these players who just aren't big enough to play Premier League football. You've got to be a certain kind of athlete. And I, I feel the same about Armstrong. I just can't see him really... Coming up against like I don't know Colo Tories of the Premier League and just not getting absolutely smashed around like yeah I had this conversation with someone not so long ago and the thing about Armstrong is he sort of feel a little bit like he has to be very 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 good like better than he would be if he was just a bit bigger yeah you know I mean? like, exactly. so some, if you look at someone like Aguero who's quite small in the Premier League he gets away with it because he's absolutely brilliant at yeah. football um, it's not very often that you see small strikers I think you know, like someone like Michael Chopper for us in the past yeah. like small lad well, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Perez because. If he was a bit stronger, you'd, you'd have a lot more about him. He's a really skillful player. He's really good. But I think because he's so lightweight, we're not getting uh, enough out of him. And that's why we're not... We, you yeah. know, we've got two strikers, basically, who've scored between those at 10 goals. Yeah. And it's not enough. And, yeah, he's lightweight. He, he gets bullied out of games. And we, we've got a distinct lack of physicality in our team at the moment yeah. from defence to attack and Adam Armstrong. Yeah. So another thing I sort of to think about as well is I was... So if you look at... So Middlesbrough are probably the only club in the North East that seem to have a reputation for bringing through players, although I can't think of anyone off the top of my head since a certain Mr. Uh, Bonson and <laughs> Stuart Downing, but they seem to have quite a good reputation for it. But if you look at Sunderland at the minute as well, and this is more sort of like broadly a wider point about the North East, that what are we not doing to bring through players? Because I think the only person they've got who's really come through for them has been Wantmore, and he's not even from the area. Um, if you look at Aaron's Aaron's isn't from the area. Armstrong's literally the only yeah. like prospect at the moment that's from the northeast. And you know, I don't know enough about the subject we really talk about. It, but what are we not doing to bring through more quality yeah. players, Premiership yeah. quality players? It's a question that needs answering. Really, you don't know if it's investment. You don't know if it's just because what all the best kids in the country are they going to come up to Newcastle to, to learn that trade? Or are they going to go down to like well-established academies and go to clubs where they know they've got a better chance of making it because? <laughs> You know, a fifteen-year-old lad now, and his dad, or his, you know, uncle, or whoever's pushing him into this this career. 
I'm not saying that always happens, but you know, there's probably some support somewhere, maybe an agent, trying to sort them out. Um, they're going to look at those stats that we've just mentioned. Like, can't think of any good New- Newcastle youth players. Why, why are they going to send their kids there and, and watch them not develop? Yeah. So it's kind of a, a yeah. vicious cycle almost where... Yeah, it's bizarre. It, it, one thing to say, it could be largely due to the fact that clubs like Chelsea are now sort of farming the best young players, not just in England, yeah. but the, the world as well. Um, and surely that's got to have some sort of effect because, I mean, there's been countless number of players that have come through there and have gone on to do uh, either very little or nothing. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um <laughs> As a bit of a segue, should we go over to Twitter? Have <laughs> yeah. a few tweets. Um, Stuart Fraser has been in touch. Um, just about funny things that have been shouted at matches. And then he's gone <laughs> on the list several times where Newcastle have scored mint goals and he's been shouting at the telly like, N- stop it. <laughs> so he's on about uh, the, the time when Shearer scored that, that screamer, I think it was 2003, at home to Everton. Um, and he was shouting, give it to Bellamy. Um, all right, Stuart. None of us were saying that. We were all shouting, shoot. <laughs> like was, was Bellamy... Was, was Bellamy on the pitch? I don't know. I don't Shirley, know. Did she, did she, I'm sure Shola sets it up, doesn't he? Shola heads it down, yeah. yeah. Bellamy's, Bellamy's on the other side <laughs> of the pitch. Give it to Bellas! I don't know. Stuart, I don't know. You give maybe, it to him on the bench. <laughs> we're immortal, mate. And then mm. exact same, he said he was in a cinema watching um, an early game. I've not clicked on the YouTube link, to be fair. But I can only assume that Andy Cole was about to score and he's told him not to shoot. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's gone and scored. An interesting part of Stuart. Um, yeah, I've got nothing really out of that. Have you ever been in a match and shouted the wrong thing, Bolland? Uh, On the spot? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I mean, we hear all kinds of nonsense in the in the strawberry corner, but it's not suitable for for pre-watershed hours. So. Yeah, no, maybe it's... maybe we could do a podcast about some of the ridiculous shouts we've heard at matches, and naming no names, but the big fat bloke who sits behind us and his ridiculous squeaky voice. I hope he doesn't listen. The lads with the horns. And the, not, yeah. that, not that I don't love you if you're listening. But, uh. <laughs> the is the horn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Toon Hardhat Man, he comes up with some outrageous uh, shots. Oh, yeah. He's um, a bit too far from me to hear. <laughs> uh, spotted his hat, though. Is... Um, yeah. Uh, the Clock Toys, um, regular listener, um, always, always having Pat on Twitter, has been in touch a few times. Um, it's, it's a question that everyone's kind of been debating the last few few months now is that because we're probably not going to get anyone better or anyone more credible should we just get behind McLaren I mean we've been moaning about how ridiculous he is how inept he is but should we just for this last stretch of the season now be really getting behind him just in ourselves believing in him or is just is there no point what do you reckon Bond? well um yeah, it's a difficult one, really, because he is absolutely terrible. But I also have no confidence in anyone of that club to sack him. Uh, I had this discussion with Dogger on the podcast two weeks ago. I don't think they'd even sack him if we got relegated. Like, I think they'd just persevere and they'd probably keep throwing money at him. And it's just, there's no end in sight. So, for the sake of the club, I think he, it's better to be, or at least try and be positive about what's going on uh, and get behind him rather than look at some of the things that happened towards the end of you know last season and under Pardew, I don't think it's massively helpful if the whole like crowd starts to turn on him and consequently the team. Um, yeah, because I mean, that is the, the alternative. The alternative is to be, is that St James's Park becomes quite a vitriolic place and, and we really try and force force the board to do something. And then, as, as the, I don't know who the clock toys is, I'm going to keep calling them the clock toys, as he points out, like with, without a credible alternative and it's, 
is is that you know are we going to shoot ourselves in the foot by doing so? Are we going to end up with asking John Carver to come back and see if he can keep us up again? Well, that's the that's the other thing with them. You don't even if I believed that they had it in them to sack McLaren, which I don't. You wouldn't trust them with appointing a new manager either. Yeah, I don't think like, they've got it in them to, tr- to find someone who n- understands football and to who can put across to them why they can keep us up because they wouldn't understand what someone was saying to them. Yeah, and people like Lee Charney, if someone came in and gave a suggestion as to what, what what needs to be done to keep us up, he wouldn't have a clue what they're talking about because he just doesn't understand football. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously like I think there's two or three very obvious candidates that in years gone by we could be like right we can go and get him, but you know the likes of David Moyes, Brendan Rodgers. I know Rafa Benitez sounds ridiculous, but the bloke wants to move back to the UK. Like, and at least Shepard would have probably had a go at getting him, even if it was just like, yeah. no, don't don't be so ridiculous. I've just managed Real Madrid. I'm, All not, available. I'm not living here. Here you go, here you go, Moisey. Here you go, Brendan. Keep us yeah. up. We'll give you four million quid. Like, it's it's worth it. Yeah, ridiculous bonus, whatever it may be. If you can keep us up, we'll sort you out. Yeah, but with someone like Lee Chanley, you can just see it now. Like someone like Alex McLeish will rock up, yeah. and uh, he'll be like, oh no, we're putting all of our trust in. Alex McLeish or like Billy Davis someone just you know, rubbish I, I met him on a weekend one day and he, he you know, said some really positive things and said all, all the right things I think he's just the perfect fit <laughs> as the usual thing <sighs> joking he is probably not doing anything at the minute either yeah. he's probably never too far away from discussions there it's the crazy world of Newcastle where these questions are so hard to answer because you just don't know what what what's next because of all, normally there's just one or two logical possibilities in football, but with Newcastle, there's also three or four more ludicrous possibilities that could actually happen. Yeah, and no other club can say that. Like, it's just, it's I tell just you, who, actually, just crossed my mind. Who I think they get if they got rid of McLaren? They'd probably just go and hire Glenn Hoddle. He fits the mold like perfectly. <laughs> like English manager who's been out of the game for a while, not really doing anything, not had a particularly great record. Yeah, desperate for work, will do it. You know, at a at a cut price, won't yeah. demand any kind of ludicrous bonuses. Yeah. Probably wouldn't demand any kind of control over anything, <laughs> just you'll come in and yeah. uh, say some uh, dubious things to the press. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting point, Clock Toys, but really there's, there's, n- there's never an easy answer to it. Um, he's, he's quite <laughs> he's, he's quite negative, he's put a few more tweets in. Uh, I didn't see the article in the Telegraph, did you, Bolland? Apparently Newcastle were second bottom of the Happiness League table of fans. It's hardly shocking, that. is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, who was bottom? Villa. It's got to be Villa. They must be miserable. I don't know. Yeah. Or Sunderland waking up every day. Man U fans. Yeah. <laughs> never happy. They uh, Arsenal fans. Never happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's straightforward, isn't it? We're so much worse than than we could be at the moment. We're not asking for miracles. We're not asking for league titles. But we're so so much worse than than it could have been. And even it was like two years ago. We've declined so much. Yeah. And there's no kind of positivity or turnaround in sight. It's, so prob- it it's probably so low as well because we have these little peaks. You know, like things get a little bit better. So like obviously with Pardew, it was finishing fifth, and then next season just crashing back to earth, like yeah. scrapping against relegation again. But that was all right though because we went on a European tour. Like yeah. we got the quarterfinals. You kind of accept. All right, you might have had a dud season, but at least we had some like, some good memories and got us in. Got yeah. us some. Um, but I suppose even if you think about it, like even before Pardew, like if you look at. Right, so before Keegan, terrible. Keegan comes, brilliant. Yeah. Keegan leaves, awful. Really awful, fighting relegation. I think we finished 13 quite a few times. Then Robson comes back, yeah, really good. Then Graham Sunez rocks up and it's just like... Just destroys just it. crashing it, back it, down. It's, it's, the, it's the, like the mammoth 
turnaround, isn't it? It's not like a gradual decline. It's not like an Everton get yourself into kind of a Champions League place and then start getting a bit rubbish again. It's it's just Newcastle mint, then absolutely terrible for like the next three or four years, and then mint, and then absolutely terrible for three or four years. Even it's, like even under Robson, it was the same. I think we finished thirteenth, and then we finished fourth. Yeah, it's like there's no like oh we finished seventh, we'll push yeah. on from there. It's just like it's fourth, third, fifth. Robson out then it's just like bottom half bottom half and Rhoda had a slight recovery then yeah. Allardyce rubbish again then just you know, we don't need to talk about what happened after that yeah um, and then Pardew had his one one dream season basically yeah so you that's why they so ca- that's probably why whatever this I'm sure the Telegraph did a very um, very good analysis of some, some be interesting to find out how they figured that out yeah. like who were they interviewing when did they do that as well I'm sure if you asked people after Norwich they'd be a lot happier than they were if you asked them after yeah, Leicester. Yeah. There's been a few mentions at the fans forum. I mean, we could we could sit and moan about the fans forum. It's it, it's the same thing every time. The questions get avoided. The questions get kind of misinterpreted, or they just give stock answers that don't mean anything. To get upset about it these days, it's just it's just a waste of energy. It's, it's pointless, isn't it? It's yeah. just like it's literally just to make them look like they they care. That's the only point, really. I mean. Because they just back questions off, or they don't answer them properly, or they just give rubbish answers. I think one of them, someone asked about, uh, you know, whether they were evaluating sort of failures of like the playing staff and the and then like the coaching staff, and they were just like, yeah, we evaluate it every day. And it's like, well, so every like Sunday or Monday, whenever it is that we've played, you sit around and go, well, that was awful, but then just carry on yeah. until next time, and then you're like, oh, that was rubbish again. Like we're, we're so rubbish. No, the, the most worrying thing is the kind of uh, oh we're not worried about relegation that that never changes either. It's like you should be saying well actually we're pretty worried and we're absolutely busting a nut every day to try and turn it around. Not oh we're not worried it'll all be fine. That's a ludicrous attitude to have, and yeah. that's what's going to get us relegated if that's the way the club is, is is behaving at the moment. I sort of get the impression that you can imagine it gets to like five o'clock on a on a Thursday or whenever the the forum was, and someone's gone to Lee like oh Mr. Charnley, you've got the fans forum tonight, and he's just gone. Oh, Nah, <laughs> I just want to go home. Like I can't be bothered with that, and that's what it, that's what it feels like. Cause just, they don't give you anything useful. And I think McLaren was at the, the one before this, and he wasn't he wasn't there this time. I don't know whether he's stuck in Spain or something or combing his hair. But um, like that was quite a positive step for the, like the manager to turn up, and then the very next one he's like, no, nah. yeah, because yeah, it's just the the usual Newcastle thing in every aspect of one step forward, right? Okay, we're going to get some better relations going with the with the fans, with the with the people of the city. Two steps back now, pile that off. Just send McLaren back out in front of the cameras every other week to say nonsense and just. Well, it's just like to pacify people, isn't it? Like, yeah. So, the, so if no one can turn around and say, "Oh, but you don't communicate with the fans." And then go, "Well, we do. We have a daft club every." Yeah, handpick players to give the odd really positive interview every now and then. So it's just. Yeah. It's, good, it's getting really boring. Good it's, segue into Colaccini there. Yeah, he, he doesn't do those interviews, does he? Even before, like the entire time he's been captain, I think he's been interviewed after a game like twice. Yeah, it's pathetic. That's, it's, it's absolutely it pathetic. I mean, you, I think you wanted to talk about this last week, the uh, the captaincy, and whether I mean, there's there's been quite a few calls that over this uh, 18 day gap that we've had, uh, that that's that's the time to, if you're going to relinquish the captaincy and give it to someone like Shelby, who's probably the the prime candidate. Now would have been the time to do it. 
what were, were you in agreement, Bolland? Do you think Shelby should be given the captaincy? So I don't. The, the time to do it was at the start of the season. I don't think Colatini should be captain, but taking it off him now is going to do absolutely nothing for his morale. Who, despite some shaky performances this season, has also had some good ones and also seems like quite a fragile guy with his confidence. Yeah, you don't want to knock him. We don't have any other respectable centre halves really. Like I know you've or it was you or Ben thinks we should play Mbemba and Taylor at centre half when they're both fit. I, I don't agree with that. I wouldn't know. I, um, I, I think me and Dodds have always stressed that we'd always play Colacini because he is our best defender. And you're right. I think he's a confidence player, but um, knocking his confidence. There's just no point doing it now. Like the season, midway through the season, stripping your captain. Like maybe if he done it in January and then sold him, fine. But like, there's there's literally no point doing it now. Um, I'm not a fan yeah, of. I, I don't think you'd have had to sell him if, if in January you would said right, we've brought in Shelby. He's a, he's a passionate lad. We think he can turn around this dressing room. It's not a slight new colo, uh, you know. We've got a new new bunch of English lads in now. We think he might be the appropriate leader. Done properly. It shouldn't be a big deal. But yeah, to go another few months as we have and just watch it be a disaster and then take it off him as if it's Colacini's fault. That's yeah. that's what's ridiculous. I think so that, that we couldn't do that. I mean, I mean, personally, if it was me, I'd just be like, that's pretty disrespectful. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go like. Um, but I think. Yeah, so as I was gonna say, I'm not a fan of Colacini's captaincy. I don't, I don't think he's a captain. I don't think he's a leader. I don't think he's ever. He's had one good season for me in his entire time at Newcastle. He did nothing to deserve getting that captaincy. He just sort of got it by default of the fact that we sold everyone else who could have been captain. Um, so for me, it was also a bit of a sweetener to keep him here in the mm. in the championship. Well, he wasn't the captain in the championship, was he? He got made captain in the premiership. Did he? Yeah, Nolan. It was after Nolan went. It was the season we finished fifth. It was one good season for Newcastle. Factual accuracy there from Sam Cole. I don't remember now. But yeah, so I look at Kevin Nolan for all his faults. He, that man's a captain. Like, I think, I think Dodds made the point in the past. People could put too much emphasis on on captains, but I mean, if you're going to have one, you might as well have like a proper one, <laughs> not just have Colacini who. Like Mike Williamson did more interviews after games where we got beat. Like yeah. for all of his sins, like at least he came out and fronted up and like yeah. gave tried to give the fans an explanation. Whereas Colchini too often is in hiding, and then when you do hear it from, it's like letters in those emails that are so clearly written by somebody else. Yeah. Like I think Gutierrez even said at the end of last season, the letters that Colchini didn't write the letter; they just put his name to it. Like. Yeah. It's just a uh, yeah. I think it's just time to draw a line at the end of this season. I think that's the time you do it. I think. Um, yeah. and whether I mean, he stays at the club or not it could be worse we could have Sunderland's PR <laughs> PR <laughs> team working that on that PR machine yeah. Yeah. Um, doing a fabulous job at the minute yeah so yeah to sum up Colacini's captaincy we've all questioned it for a long time now but there's just no point in doing it now it's yeah. I think, it's going to be counterproductive or it's going to have no effect and then just look stupid yeah to go back to your point I think Shelby is a very strong contender to take it off him when that inevitably happens yeah um, oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head that I'd think about giving it to. Have you got Jan Matt? Maybe fist pump, Steve? No, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. Fair it's enough. mental to think to like ten years ago, people were talking about him as potentially being a future Newcastle United captain. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, not really worked out for him. Injury free. I mean, he was he's, he's been playing he since, since Robson was here. Like he's had, he's had a long old career of just. Getting half, you know, that everyone's seen at the the Stephen Taylor boom bust cycle, gets himself close to an England call up, um, performing really well, gets an injury, disappears, comes back an absolute shadow of himself, takes a while, then gets called upon when 
when we have no one else yeah. has a couple of decent games and it's the same thing over and over and he's he's never really looked like a proper professional footballer because he's never never played proper full seasons of football and, yeah. and got the experience that you should have, probably have by the by his age I'm just not a fan of him I think that's not a fan I think, no. he's, I think he's rubbish uh, Stuart Fraser who tweeted in before about the the Shearer incident in Bellamy again I don't know um, he also tweeted perhaps you could talk about um, our worst Newcastle players of so, all, of all time on, on the subject of Stephen Taylor <laughs> would, would he come in as one of your worst Newcastle players um, I don't think he's quite got that honour dubious honour but you know he's Someone who's played for the club so many times, he's probably there. But yeah. you're looking at the very per worst appearance. of yeah, <laughs> worst of all time. I think yeah. you know, Amdi Fai's got to be in the mix there. He was pretty awful. Yeah. Givash, terrible. <laughs> Boomsong on his performances for us, rubbish. Titus yeah. Bramble in the for the most part. Yeah, you, could, you, could, you could list off loads of players who played like half a season. Givash, uh, Marcelino didn't really play. For Vernon and Ita for the man who played yeah. per appearance just offers nothing. How we still at the club? Yeah, I don't Kassapa, know. There's loads of like duds in there, but I think I think the question's better asked if you if you talk about someone who really has like played hundreds of games for Newcastle and been absolutely terrible. I mean, to name if for me it was always Nicky, but his stint at Newcastle was one of the worst I've ever seen. He eventually resulted in a relegation. A Nicky, but Alan Smith, Kevin Nolan midfield got yeah. us relegated because they're all so immobile and so bad and at the wrong end of their career. Yeah, for Nicky Burt, I know Mickey absolutely hates Nicky Burt, and to be honest, I'm not massively fond of him either. But for just to look at it from Nicky Burt's perspective for a second, he left Man you United. You want me to <laughs> empathise <laughs> with Nicky? No, but you, I think you might once once to talk about it, right. So he left Man United and Alex Ferguson, and like the best team in England over the last twenty years, won everything, played for probably the best manager that's managed in the Premier League to come here to what was at the time quite. A reasonably successful club in terms of like Premier League positioning to play for a very popular and pretty successful manager in Bobby Robson. That didn't really work out because we sacked Bobby Robson within weeks yeah. and brought in Graham Sunez. And if you're Nicky Burton, you'd go, ah, what have I done here? Um, his answer was to go on loan to Birmingham, which I'm sure was brilliant for him. And he's obviously an idiot, but like he got them relegated as well. Just yeah. to be clear. Yeah. Well done, Nicky. <laughs> Pele said he was the best player at the 2002 World Cup, though. So. Well, uh, yeah, he was. I mean, I think we all remember how <laughs> ridiculous his performances were in that. In that, yeah. I sort of feel like we might have seen be- better performances from Nicky Burt if he'd played for Robson. I'll give you that. I mean, to be honest, he was brought in to replace Gary Speed, wasn't he? So he was always going to be big shoes to fill and, and, and quite an unpopular choice. Just yeah. But as soon as things started to go wrong, never but, saw, but never he was just he got progressively worse and worse. He was the master. I mean, I know this sort of thing probably worked at Man U back in the day. They, they received the ball and without even looking, just ping it into one of the corners. Yeah, I'm sure Alex Ferguson probably said someone has to be there. He wants Beckham. He wants Giggs running into those spaces always, so that what, as soon as they win the ball back, we obviously weren't playing like that. There was obviously no attempt to go and be in that position that Nicky Butt was blindly kicking the ball into every time. I think me and Dodzy. Um, just throughout the years having season tickets watching that happen over and over and over again just we just <laughs> this hatred of Nicky but just grew and grew <laughs> and it, it, as I say it, it eventually resulted in relegation yeah. and we're sitting there watching it saying we've been saying this for years and he's just he was just awful yeah. he was he one of the worst players we've had he didn't do much in the championship for us either if I don't if I'm not nah, he's not wrong he didn't we, do we, we've got, Guthrie and Nolan we've got, we got Danny Guthrie who I think he's one of the to flip it on said, one of the most underrated plays we've had in yeah, recent I, times. I was a bit disappointed when he left, and, and I feel like um, the way that Danny Guthrie was playing the season we finished fifth, 
and we sort of replaced him with Vernon Anita. I know. You'd have taken Guthrie at the and time. We were paying um, Guthrie probably a fraction of what we're paying Anita as well. Yeah. Because um, by all accounts, he was on a very low contract because we'd had him since before. I think it was the season we went down, we signed him, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. 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 Um, it was free a transfer free or, from, one, from or one mil, something like that. Um, and he wasn't from Bolton, he was, um, he was a Liverpool player. Liverpool. But, on loan. but yeah, he was, he was a decent player, and rightly so, in the championship. He, he got, got more games than Nicky Budd did. Um, and we had Joey Barton, obviously. What was so, the name of the lad who scored a screamer? Pankrat. He was pretty awful, but he did score that one mint goal. Yeah. <laughs> it was against Watford, I think. Watford at home, yeah, 2-1. Um, Fabrice. Marlon Harewood, although he scored a few goals, he was pretty awful. Yeah. You could again. You could, you could list loads of daft ones, but I think for lasting memories, people. I mean, I, we, me and Dodzy had a big thing about Danny Simpson, and it's, it sounds ludicrous now that he's sitting top of the league in, in one of the, best, the most successful defenses we've had in a long time in this country. Um, but he was just awful for us. Um, if Dodzy was here, I'm sure he'd give you some actual facts to back it up. But he just he's one of these defenders that just does more point. I mean, Williamson was the same. More pointing at other people than actually just doing his job. Yeah. He was he was the master of um of being caught in two worlds. So instead of he was either given the option to go to the man and stop the cross of the shot, or drop back and mark the next man. He would find himself bang in the middle of it every time and do neither. So the cross would always come in, or they'd beat him, or it just. Uh, see, I never disliked Danny Simpson as much as you guys seem <laughs> seem to. I thought when we signed Debussy what should have been the plan was to have Danny Simpson as the second choice right back but as for the last sort of 10 years we can only have one right back at the club at a time if that so one full back yeah just one one full back full stop <laughs> just one um, yeah I didn't, I didn't dislike him yeah any other terrible players I mean you can go through quite a, a lot of uh, dog leash and um, hullet signings Probably like the former time to have really seen them play, but we all know, know who we're talking about. Yeah. Um, all right, that, that's that yeah. one done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm all out. <laughs> yeah, I'm all out of terrible players. <laughs> all right, um, I did prepare, um, I know it's going to be a bit rubbish because it's only you guessing, Bolin, but I'll I'll put it out, where give you a bit of time to think about it and let people tweet in before I give you the answer. It's a size game, the much-loved size game, <laughs> bringing it back because it's been a while. Um, we kind of did all the Newcastle players ever, so I've hopefully come up with. A, I may have done this one before, but I've hopefully come up with a different list of players. Have you ever done size game, Bolland? I know you need it. Is it the same as Dogger's game? It's no, just it's, rebranded. <laughs> it's it's much much better than the much maligned Dogger's game. Um, okay, always get positive feedback on on the old um, social media. Yeah. So basically, it's um, I will read out a list of. This is a player who's played for Newcastle in the past or present. Um, and I'll re- list some players who's played alongside. Okay. So all of these players, in no particular order. If all these players played for Newcastle? No, well, you, no. you'll soon realise okay. that it's not the case. But they have played alongside this guy who has, at some point in his career, played for Newcastle. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So I will start off with um, Alan Shearer. Okay. Do I guess now? Well, you can, but I don't <laughs> think you'll have much luck. Um, okay, I'll narrow, narrow his uh, Newcastle time down. Uh, Nikos Dabizas. Okay. So I'll give you the clubs that they were both at Newcastle when, okay. when this guy was playing. Um, Hernan Crespo. <sighs> Talk us through your, your thought process because we are live on the radio. Yeah, so, so I don't know. I'm sort of a. Like, Bobby Aro, was he playing? If you're listening, obviously tweet in. Um, I'm trying to I think. I think this will take Bolland a while. 
So we've got Shira Davazas, and he played uh, uh, with both of them at Newcastle. Yes, and then we've got Hernan And then he Crespo. played with Hernan Crespo. Is it, do, I tell you, is it Bobby Oro? It's not Bobby Oro. Um, mm. Juan Sebastian Veron. I'll give you one guess uh, per, per round. All right. So you don't just is Lauren Chave? Nope. Scatagon approach Bolland. Just I don't know. Did he play for Chelsea? I don't know. Um, Dahl Thomason. Dahl Thomason. So he must have been. So he was in the team when we played like Champions League, ninety-seven-ish. Correct. Okay. Um, I'm still no closer. Okay, I'll give you some clubs. So Crespo and Veron were at um, Parma, Italy. Oh. Does he uh, own, a, <laughs> own a costume by any chance? And what kind of costume <laughs> is that, Bolland? Um Some sort of dinosaur costume. <laughs> Maybe. Does he own horses? <laughs> he does own both a horse and a dinosaur. <laughs> You'd be correct in guessing that it is. Or should we? I think we've well, just got, and just let, got let some people tweet in. We've just got a tweet through. If you haven't got it from this pattern, by the way, <laughs> about dinosaurs and horses, then um, you really have I'm not, got a chance. Not singing the theme tune either. Um, oh, Lord no. Spiceman's got it wrong. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not called Cardone. It's not Cardone, Cardone. Or, or Cardone as he's more, Cardone? more affectionately known. Cardone? Uh, Cardone? Cardone. Oh, awful. Cardone. Cardone. Right, right continent, if that helps. <laughs> yeah, that's um, not him. You're wrong. So that was size game. Uh, okay. So you got it. It was Tino. I'm yeah. sure everyone's guessed from all the, the dance about it. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, haven't actually, got my, I haven't got my Tino facts from last week. Obviously, we've been good. laughing all week at that ridiculous video of him on a dinosaur costume. We think it's him in the suit because he's released it's several videos of it definitely, since. It's definitely him riding a horse, kicking a footy round with his <laughs> un, unfathomable remix of the the Jurassic Park. Theme. <laughs> Everything about the video is incredible. The, the the time and effort spent thinking it up is just you, you can't. He's just get your head around it. Do you know when we spoke to Rob Lee and he was like, "Oh, you know, Tino is such a character." You're like, yeah. "Yeah, he's probably quite funny around." Like, you know, when you like look at some of the stuff he's done in the past, and then the the just the dinosaur crack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's N- just knowing like, that you already know that he's 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 probably a bit mental. Yeah, uh, they're just, you see, just he's uh, he's so he he was flying a drone earlier as well. Was he? Yeah, he's got himself a drone. Don't know what he needs that for, but to uh, be fair. <laughs> Ex footballer, loads of money. <laughs> yeah. Any toy you're going to buy one, aren't you? Yeah. So we were having all that part, and then I thought, well, I've got to make Tino the game this week. Yeah. But actually, the only notable clubs he played for were ourselves and Palmer. And I think did he go to Inter? So for, for no, one season after us. No, no, he went back to Palmer. Uh, um, and then he went so yeah, back, straight back to South America. Yeah, I think, he went and played for. in Brazil. So look, see if I can remember this from last week. So he we went back to Brazil. Scored loads of goals, but really badly injured his knee, I think. Yeah. And then went back to Colombia or Chile and signed for Universidad de Chile. So it was probably Chile that he played in. Um, and played 13 games and scored five games with basically a knee that he was like medically advised he shouldn't be playing football on. Um, <laughs> and turned up for training the first day there and threatened all of the players and the coaching staff that if they didn't run... Um, basically hard enough and weren't training hard enough he was going to shoot them um, which apparently the players later realised was a joke but the, the local media in Colombia or Chile found less funny so there you go <laughs> there's a quick oh, Tino story <laughs> there's pesky pesky <laughs> Colombian <laughs> media outlets 
Well, you can imagine, like, cause if, it's, if it's like it is today, or you know, when you watch England training on Sky and it's like a little bit further away, yeah. if like Frank Lampard had just rocked up with a gun one day, I think the media would be forgiven for going, yeah, Frank Lampard's lost the plot. Like, why is he turning up training with a gun? Um, but yeah, apparently it was all a joke, so. Great. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Well, good stories. Do, I mean, size game, it's usually like there's lists and lists of players that people will have heard of that I could choose from. But with Tino, it was a real stretch, apart from just listing the like, uh, 97, 98, 88, uh, 99 Newcastle teams. You only ever played with like a handful of like known players. Didn't and you? For, like, for such a like big character in world football, it's, it's quite. His it's it's, it's time at the top was so short, and I think, as you say, because of his injuries. Yeah. But, He's, a, he's an interesting guy. It's not quite as good as Scholar's list, players he's played with. We for a man of much more limited ability than Asprey, he managed to play with Cla- Patrick Cliver up front. Devastating partnership. Yeah. Michael Owen, you know, back in his day, pretty not good. Not so devastating. She- 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 Shearer. Uh, Craig Bellamy. Yeah. Loire Loire. Yeah, well, that was probably the partnership, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, Giuseppe Rossi as well, does he count? He's a pretty big name these days. Played with him as well. Yes, well done, Shola. I mean, to be fair, it's size games of the past, Shola's normally the first name on it because he has played with everybody. You can always use him as a as one of the one of the five or six clues. That was size game. It's it's gone better. I'll be honest, size game. But it's, it is hard when you got one person in, um, guessing. And Tino, thanks for, thanks t- for trying. Tino, given, given his recent escapades, is <laughs> yeah. it's pretty obvious. He was the answer to a question last week as well that we never asked. Or did we? We asked it on Is Twitter. Is anyone aware of the question? Yeah, we asked it on Twitter, I think. Alright, forget it. Uh, right, where are we? Mickey's running order. Yeah, uh, I've lost it. It's gone. So. Dogger's game. Sars Mickey. No. No, we don't have that. Alright. Uh, oh, this is great listening, by the way. I'm amazed at people that are still listening. Uh, so, I think one thing that we were possibly going to talk about was. Um, we were going to talk about the squad. Yeah. What we thought about the squad. I'd, I'd like to do that. I mean, we, you look at the league table, and everyone's saying that the, the squad, especially having spent as much money as McLaren has been able to spend this season, that there's that the the squad of players he has available to him shouldn't be 18th in the league. And uh, totally on paper, you'd, you'd probably it's it's hard to argue with that. You look at some of the teams above us, and they've not got at their disposal some of the some of the talent that we do, and. Um, but what, obviously what it comes down to is that we don't have a proper team or a proper squad. So, Or or are we just are we just a little bit deluded? Do we think that we've got better players than we have? So we're going to go through each each position and say, have we got a player in, in every position that you would say is worthy of higher than 18th in the league? Yeah. Um, and then we're going to obviously talk about what, what backup we do have in this position because <laughs> the very first one we couldn't do, is, it's debatable. So obviously, goalkeeper... So I think we're pretty. Um, we've got a good selection of goalkeepers. If I'm honest, I'm pretty. We've pretty got happy with them. I know this. We've got one Premier League goalkeeper, Bolland. Well, have we? Because Rob Elliott's played pretty well. We've, we've got one Premier League goalkeeper, Bolland, and it's not Rob Elliott. Rob Elliott. I think some of the criticism that's come Rob Elliott's way from you lot has been slightly unfair. He's played pretty well. I'm not criticising him. He's an excellent League One goalkeeper. <laughs> He's probably well. If that's true. He's probably been our best player. <laughs> like, so what does so what does that say about like? Are we really going to say? I just know. I don't think there's that much difference between him and Krull. R- Rob Elliott. He stands out when we're 
really, really crap and we're in the relegation zone, whereas Tim Krull stood out when we were fifth. That's the difference. We were winning games and Tim Krull was, you know, becoming a bit of a hero. Well, whereas Rob, with Rob, Rob Elliott, he's losing games and he's doing all right while we're losing. Like Rob, Rob, Rob Elliott hasn't had a chance to play in that team, has he? To be fair, to be fair to the bloke, like, he can only... I don't think that put that point makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I, like, I don't want to be too harsh on him because he has he has exceeded expectations. Certainly amongst the podcast group, we really, really were on him, probably worse than we should have been. But for every pre- four or five textbook saves he makes, I would still argue he has he a makes, howler he most weeks. He makes some great saves as well, though. To be fair to him, I like I before this run he's had in the team was like he's finished here now. He's got to move on. Like being third choice keeper here is no good for us and no good for him. But Slowly, I think he's proved everyone that thought that wrong, like Dogger included, because he week after week was saying like he's still rubbish, he's still rubbish. But every week he's been he's been fine, he's done well. I wouldn't say yeah. he's been fine. I mean, let's agree to disagree because uh, we, we could. There's been a, there's been a couple of moments, but generally he's been done well. Yeah, most um, most keepers in the Premier League have the odd mistake. There aren't there aren't many good goalkeepers around. I think I think Czech at Arsenal is this probably Foster. the only one that's yeah Fraser Foster. Um, other than that, even Joe Hart, um, yeah. Mignolet, there's just, there's, just, there's, Court, there's a lot Courtois. of um, Courtois decent. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of mistake prone keepers about. So let's let's not be too harsh but on Elliot. I think He's we're doing right there. And then of course you've got. They seem to think a lot of Freddie Woodman. I've never seen him play, but they seem to think a lot of him. I and mean, that's not a bad position to be in if you've got a young, promising keeper in third choice. Yeah. Works for me. Oh, Carl, Carl, Carl Darlow. Let's say that. <laughs> we'll just leave him. Between Tim Krull and Elliot, we probably haven't got goalkeeping op- keeping options so bad that we should be in the relegation zone, which is what we're trying to look at here. Yeah. Right back, Jan Matt. I don't think we need to really talk about him. He's he's an international footballer. He's definitely good enough, and he could get in any team. Yeah. Maybe outside the top four in the Premier League. He'd uh, he'd be pushing it to get into the Champions League, I think, at the minute, just on form. But yeah, he's he's certainly a, a quality player, and there's no real question yeah, around that. To- totally agree. Um, but he is our only right back. Yeah, that's so the problem. <laughs> so that's the that's the problem. He's <laughs> the only right back. Um, I'm not. I don't. I've like said earlier in this po- uh, this radio show that I just don't understand why we only have one right back, and we have only had one right back for so long. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense, and that's part of the reason. Well. It's part of the reason we're in this muddle in the first place because yeah. Janmat is prone to getting sent off. Yeah, and it's just we end up playing a centre half at fullback as we always do, or moving someone from the left to the right and just doing the same old nonsense every season. Yeah, but Janmat has been available for the majority of games this season, so you'd argue that there's a player, another player there who um, is worthy of of not being the relegation zone. Obviously, we should point out on that that Tim Krull's been out from us this season, but. You seem to think that Rob Elliott's good enough as well. So it's good standard. <laughs> like, obviously, when Krull comes back, he plays. But um, we don't have a left back, so it's hard to. I mean, Hydar is a left back, I suppose, but he's been injured for a lot of the season. So Hydar doesn't count. Do you think? Well, Hidara, <laughs> even if he did count, do you think Hydar is no. any better than where we are in the league? Because I, I no, don't think he I is. Think he's worse. I've not seen an, anything of him. He's he's had a handful of decent performances, and get, going forward, he can contribute, but he can't defend. He's he not. He can't really go forwards either. He's just quite fast. That's literally yeah. that's it. And sometimes at St James's Park, that's all it takes is for someone to run. Yeah. Any any relegated any relegated Premier League team in the last five years could have easily had a high dar in the team and yeah. not didn't been any different. So if um, he's our only left back, that is a, a real concern. And, and we probably yeah. If, um, if the rest of the team is reflected on that, would deserve to go down. So yeah. there's one position really that would just I mean Paul Dummett. Paul Dummett's a centre half. 
by all accounts, and we don't really know if he's any good at being a centre half because we've rarely seen him play there. But he's not a left back, and yeah. he's he's often often shown up and the cause of many. But when he has played there, he's also been better than Haidara, which I think just favours yeah. that Haidara is not. But playing an, an unknown centre half at left back and getting a handful of all right performances out of him is still relegation. Yeah, relegation oh, standard. Absolutely. So full backs. Yeah. Kind of. If you look at teams that do well generally as well, they've always got like good, solid fullbacks. If you look at Southampton last season when they had Klein and Bertrand, yeah. like, that's good. It's like, like Ivanovic it's like, and Cole at one point at Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Not since junior football where you'd always put like your worst player at fullback because it's like, the last position you want to fill. But that the, <laughs> the Premier League doesn't work like that. You, yeah. you need quality players in all positions. And if you've got really good fullbacks, you could, it just benefits the team so much because either you've got two fullbacks who are rooted to the spot and just do defending and don't help out the attack and, and often just get outdone by quality wingers or you've got a really solid fullback who who can both break up the play and win the ball back but then actually make it t- turn into an attack. Yeah, We've got neither. If you look at the Premier League table, I don't think it's any surprise that the teams with the worst like pair of fullbacks are the teams at the bottom of the league. Like, yeah. It's just... Fair, oh. I don't know if you can hear that, but yeah, some, <laughs> some sort of um, protest going on, maybe. Get off the air, Bolland. <laughs> uh, right, centre halves. Well, we've, no. we've done we've done Colacini, and it's it's questionable whether he's been had enough good performances this season um, that would put us any higher in the league because he's been very shaky at times. He's right. had a, an unstable partnership with Mbemba. Um yeah. What do you reckon? I think um, Mbemba's the only one out of the three, four, five centre-halves that we've got that's actually any good like Premier, Premier League quality. Um, yeah, uh, he's the only one that I'd, uh, I'd think about keeping, to be honest. The rest of them are pretty dire. Like Colacini, I think, is definitely the end of his career. Stephen Taylor's useless and has been for all of his career. Lascelles... Uh, I've not seen anything he, about Lascelles that suggests that he's got a future in the Premier League. Yeah, me either. It's great. It would seem harsh to write off someone that young. And he's been like when he was in the under twenty one England side, he was um, he was uh, he got asked to go and train with the senior team as well. So obviously, some people in the game think that he's got a bright future. I just haven't I haven't seen it yet. Certainly not for Newcastle. Um, Soundproof studio here at uh, Radio Northumberland. <laughs> it's not ideal, is it? Kids party in the next room or something. Um, um, I sort of lost my entire train of thought there. I could have, I could have said anything. No, quite scathing, really. Um, yeah, was basically it? <laughs> suggesting that Mbemba's our only Premier League standard defender. That's fair. Defender. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think that's a bit harsh on Colaccini. I think if the rest of the team was stable, I think the pair of them would be more than good enough to to put us in a in a comfortable position in the league. Colaccini's not. He's just not consistent enough. He's just not. Like we have these games where he plays really well, and then we have like six or seven where he's dreadful. Like yeah. in Costa's games, um, also another one prone to getting sent off for stupid challenges as well. Yeah, like like um, like Yama and like Sissoko has done as well. It's that moment where they give up and get a stupid sending off because they can't be bothered anymore. That's how it comes across. Colacini yeah. does that. I'll agree on that. Um, yeah, uh, we haven't actually mentioned Mbabu. Someone tweeted in earlier actually. Um, why can't he get in the team? From what I've seen of him, which is very little, let's be honest, he looks like a, a, a really decent player, and I've heard good things. Um, why, why isn't Babu not getting in the team? And if he was, and if he's, I don't know where he he's plays been, really, but 
I think he's actually he's, a centre half. He's hoyed out at left back, so let's call him our kind of pseudo full back because we have so few. Um, what do you think of Mbappe? Do you think he should be given a go? Do you think it's, there's, there's a reason why he's not being played? I haven't seen enough of him, if I'm honest. I think he's played that one game at Chelsea and then he played City and got injured. And since then, I think he might have played Watford in the Cup. Yeah, but by all accounts, he's been fit again. Yeah. And it's, it's the whole thing of like, you can't do any worse, but. but. You Paul Dummett has could. this knack of always, always getting picked, no matter how badly he plays. Yeah, but I, f- well, yeah, I think he's been injured. So when Aaron's played, I think he was injured then, wasn't he? And he's been injured whilst Dummett's been out. That's why he hasn't yeah. played. I just, I haven't seen enough of him to, to comment. Really, he looked good against Chelsea, and he looked good for parts against Manchester City before Aguero had his way with us. Yeah, um, yeah it's not someone I've got a lot of. No massive opinion on I haven't seen enough. I don't know whether he should be in the team because I haven't seen him. Fair um, enough. We'll, we'll move on because yeah. I don't have much more to add to that. Yeah. Um, it's got, would, would like to see more of him, hopefully. But. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's good. You know. yeah. <laughs> I, I hope he's good. But. Uh, right. Midfield's a hard one, isn't it? Because we've got so many kind of across, across the midfield players that are not restricted to a position. Um We'll just we'll just talk about them individually one by one. So you've you've alluded to Anita before. So should we quickly get him out of the way? Yeah, he should go. He, he's yeah, he's, he's rubbish. He's absolutely he contributes nothing. Just what's the point in Anita? Yeah. Like he has he has maybe one performance in twenty where he, like, everyone starts to say, oh, you're not well, that bad. It was that performance against West Ham at the back end of last season where he played well. Well done, Vernon. That's one game in your entire Newcastle career. Like. Yeah, at home to a West Ham team that Allardyce has ruined. Yeah, like. that that seems to have bought him a lot of time with Newcastle fans, and I don't like playing well in a game to save us from relegation. Is like, well, couldn't you've done that before? Maybe we wouldn't have been in a match where we have to win, otherwise we're getting relegated. Like, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. another one of the the lightweight players that I alluded to before. Like, he's just not big enough. He gets bullied around by any like half competent centre mid. It's yeah. only in a game where he's given no. Not, he's not put up against anything where he actually looks all right. Yeah. He's very slow at moving the ball. He's 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 always described as a tidy player. I still don't know what that means. What's a tidy player? If he can pass the ball five yards, he's passed the, like the first test against like junior football. Yeah, being able to like control it and pass it five yards. Beyond that, I don't know what else he, he can't shoot. He can't c- pick out like a twenty-yard through ball. Yeah, he can't he tackle. Can't tackle. Can't head. He's, he's, um, it's just rubbish. Jog, jogs around and, and marks people a bit, but that's you know anyone should be able to do that. The stuff he can do and the stuff he's good at should be like a basic requirement for a Premier League footballer. So yeah. I'm just not having Vernon either. Yeah, no, he's gone. Um, centre mids, uh, we'll skip Saive. Don't know anything about him. Yeah, uh, Jack Colback is a is a funny one. Is he? He's, he's hilarious. He's got, <laughs> he's got jokes, mate. He's got jokes. He's got those um, jokes. Um, I like Colback. Um, I think he's good, good player, good squad player. He's not necessarily someone I'd have in the first team, but I think he's a good player having the squad. Uh, always works really hard. We saw, we've seen in periods he, he's decent passer of the ball. Um, he gets stuck in, scores goals as well. Yeah, so. I, th- I think he's a player who he's declined slightly since we signed him. He's been hindered by the fact that he's basically the first name on the team sheet since he signed. And that's not because he's our best player, but because there's not been anyone else to play in his position. He's basically he had to be playing, and he's he was you know put in the kind of Pardew slash Carver slash McLaren 
two very, very deep holding midfielders, which isn't really what he is. I mean, he can tackle, he can put a challenge in and, and break up the play and, and do that role. But I think that it takes away from his game a bit because he's he's got some passes in him and he can shoot from distance. Yeah, we, we don't. I mean, we have Shelby now, but we've not had midfielders who can score goals for a long time. And while I've been quite critical of Colback, um, Dodgy correctly pointed out earlier in the season that he, he, in a terrible Newcastle team, he still got like four or five goals last season and quite a few assists. Yeah, and it's not bad. It's not good. If we want to be better, if we want to be top top half, we probably need better players than Colback, and you need him to just be part of it, not the the one we're relying on. Um, but at the minute. You've got to say, out of the current Newcastle players, he's one of our better ones. So, yeah. I mean, I liked um, him and Shelby together against West Ham. Yeah, um, I mean, a, a team, a team with players at callback standard, and it wouldn't be in the relegation zone. I wouldn't think if they were. Don't, don't tell John. Don't tell John Carver that. <laughs> if only we had eleven Jack Callbacks. Yeah, well, but um, I think it's true. I think he's a good enough footballer. He should be in a Premier League team, and he shouldn't be in a relegation-bound rel- uh, Premier League team if if that's the way we're we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, uh, check Teoti. See, what is he? Is he good at football? Is he not? Teoti is frustrating because Teoti on his day is brilliant. Like he's not just good; he's actually brilliant. It's just since around the time that Kabai left, we haven't seen enough of him being brilliant. Yeah, we've seen a lot of him just giving the ball away, not looking interested, uh, looking like he's trying to get a move away, and that's that's not great. He's Getting on as well a bit now. He's twenty nine. Yeah. For me, I think um, if he can play like he did against West was it West Brom, <laughs> West I Brom were awful. But I think the way we've played after that West Brom game um, just is a reminder that they were just rubbish. Yeah. So while Tiote did have a good game, anyone could in in a team that just weren't there to ever try and score a goal. He broke up maybe three or four attacks very well, but he just. He was made to look really good because Teoti, when you let him win the ball and then have a bit of time to find a pass, looks mint. Yeah. But um, no other teams are going to do that to us this season. West Brom was so poor, and he really has not returned to that player he was when we when we were like, yeah, good how, basically. How, to be fair to them as well, that having seen Chelsea since that game, I know they were not brilliant running up to it, but they also just stuck five past City as well. So maybe they would have just steamrolled any team in front of them. Again, Teote or Colback alongside Shelby, though, as a central midfield, it's it, again, it on paper, it should be way better than what we are. Yeah. I think even Teote is questionable. Um, if he's part of three midfielders being rotated and, and fit enough to play, they're, they're good enough. That's yeah. a good enough footballer. Um, we're running out of time, so we'll quickly move on. Um, obviously, we've got Sissoko and uh, Townsend on the wings. I don't think there's yeah. any doubt that any any team in the top half would probably benefit from having them in the squad yep um, Wijnaldum the same Wijnaldum uh, if we had enough time I'd want to talk about him a bit more because apart from scoring quite a lot of goals at home um, a lot against Norwich as well his, his away form has been disgraceful he's contributed nothing no assists he's rarely touches the ball he doesn't work very hard he doesn't get back in and he doesn't do what players like Wayne Rooney do which is when they're playing rubbish at least he like works back and tries to contribute in other ways he just goes completely missing from games. Yeah, um, the whole team goes missing away from home. Well, that's true, but uh, I don't think we see enough from Wijnaldum for a fifty million pound player. Um, and I know he's our top scorer, and I think he's still in the like top five Premier League scores this season, something which is mental. But uh, I, th- I oh. want to see more from him before I, I 
really start raving about him. Yeah, um, it's important to remember that like, everyone says he needs to give players time. It's still his first season in the Premier League, and if yeah. that's anything to go by, then hopefully. Oh, and if he's getting the double figures goal scoring wise, it's not a bad start, but. Yeah, that's, he needs that's, more away. The consistency's got to get there. Yeah, um, we've got a few minutes quickly to talk about our striking options. Um, uh, you can include Dumbier or not. <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, I think we'll leave him for now. Cisse doesn't really count because he's by just done. He's it's shot just, and he's injured. And yeah, he he really benefits from being injured because people start to think he's a lot better than he is. Yeah, uh, but all three of them are Premier League strikers. The problem is that all three of them aren't like. Shouldn't be the number one Premier League striker. If you get what I mean, like none of them are like an Aguero or Daniel Sturridge, or I know these are all brilliant players, but you know what I mean, like Jermaine Defoe, uh, like leading, like gonna score you the goals you need to stay up. Like Cisse, yeah. C- C- Mitrovic, and Perez are all decent, decent strikers. They can all score goals. They, can, they all have some skill or something about them that makes them better than just your bang average, just footballer. They've all got an outstanding attribute. Cisse can, can literally put the ball away from from anywhere sometimes. Perez is obviously quite quick and he's got skill. He's not that quick, but he's skillful and he can create chances out of nothing. Yeah, and Mitrovic has obviously got the strength and, and he can hold up the ball really well and it sticks to him and he and he jostles and, and makes life difficult. But none of them, none of them, not one of those players is a lone striker. Mitrovic up front, and so while he can hold up the ball, he just can't do that job because while you do that, you have to also score goals. If you're yeah, the yeah. one striker, you need to score goals. Perez, same. Cisse... Same, he can't hold up the ball, so he's wasting that position. So yeah. the way we play, they're not the kind of striking options we need. We needed someone like Charlie Austin. We needed uh, someone who can be that kind of target man, but who will also score when he's given the chance. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's our biggest problem. We're scoring goals, obviously, this season, and I think that's our that's our downfall. We've got three decent strikers, none of whom are up to the job of of what they're being asked to do, and McLaren's not. Clever yeah. enough to see it. I think Mitrovic will get there. To be fair to him, it's just it's very early in his career, and he's come from a substandard league. Yeah, I right. think his best chance of getting there would be elsewhere than Newcastle. Yeah, I think we can only do damage to his career, and he's only young. Yeah, um, that's about it, mate. Yeah. It's eight o'clock, and somehow me and you have, have managed it. Well done. An hour of just two unprepared lads. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, you can find us on um, at TF Weekly Pod on on Twitter. We'll be back on Monday for a podcast potentially because we've finally got a game coming up. So we'll we'll talk about Stoke then. Is it Wednesday? Um, open? Wednesday night, I think. Uh, what else have we got? Um, that's about it, really, because yeah. there's been two weeks of of nothing. And Dog has got been, an announcement. It's been brilliant. And yeah, Dog has big news coming up on Monday. Um, no pressure. Uh, for it to be good no we can't no No, right thanks very much Uh, we'll we'll hire this out as a podcast as well for anyone who's just joined us or missed the start when we might have actually had some more interesting things to say (laughs) Um, this has been the True Faith weekly radio show I've been Simon Campbell and with Andrew Bolland good night see you later Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.